Hallelujah. Come on, can we stand and give God praise? Oh, come on, family. Can we stand and give him praise? I don't want you to give me praise. Amen. Give him praise. Is that the best you can do? Are you serious? Let me come over here. Is that the best you can do? Is that the best praise you can give him? Now watch this. In the end, we should be practicing what we're going to be doing in the end. How many of y'all agree to that? So he says in Revelation 7 that all of us are going to be standing before him. Every nation, tribe, and tongue will be standing before him, right? And we're going to be worshiping him. So why not practice how we're going to actually worship him? Why not walk it like we talk it? Right? Right? Come on. How many of y'all familiar with that? Walk it like you're talking, right? Come on. So, I'm not making you do anything. I'm just saying freely, let's give God an amazing praise. Amen? Come on. Can we do that for about 10 seconds? Because he's been good to you, right? He saved you. He kept you. He's anointed you. He's washed you. Amen. He's protected you, right? That's the father. Father means protector. He's protect you from a lot of things that you didn't even know about. Amen. So, amen. Father, I give you thanks and praise for this amazing, amazing ministry. This church, your people, your children, your under shepherds, your deacons, your your, your loyal people, your vessels, these are all your vessels, Father. I thank you, Father, that as you pour into me, I pray, Father, that I would pour right on them, Father. And then download back into myself, Father, that you can energize me, Father, all over again. Like an energizer bunny, Father. I give you thanks and I give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. I tell you, I'm, I'm, I, I'm, you may be seated, family. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful and thankful for your pastor. Amazing, amazing, amazing. They, they treated us with royalty, and I love it because that tells me a lot about. Uh, I said to him already, if you've seen the son, you've seen the father. Amen? Isn't that biblical? It is. And so I'm so thankful and grateful for uh, his love. We went out to eat last night and he just downloaded into my spirit. And I just sat and listened. I'm a sponge for wisdom. We should all be sponges for wisdom. Amen. And it was Jesus in Luke chapter 2 verse 52 who Jesus, the Bible talks about how he grew. Right. And all of us are going to grow the same way. He grew in wisdom. He grew in stature. And he grew in favor with who? Both God and men. He didn't say men of God, did he? God and men. Amen. And so I'm telling you, God is going to do some amazing things in this ministry. I feel it in my spirit, family. I've been to, I've been to some places. I'm telling you, I won't say that. Because the Bible says, if you lie, you die. Amen. I just don't, I just don't feel it every place that I go. Amen. And so I, I'm, I, I'm, 
um, thankful and grateful for the opportunity from his dad preaching last week at his ministry as well as here because I have a yes in my spirit and my schedule is full, but I'll change it any day for God. Why? Because he gave it all to me. He's done so much for me. Amen. I'm in Isaiah chapter 61 and then Galatians chapter two, verse 20. If you don't have a Bible, if you got your phone or whatever the case may be, whatever you got, it's the word of God. We're going to turn to how many of y'all know the truth. It's the truth that we know that will make us free. How many of y'all know that truth doesn't make us free? Y'all like, come on, man, stop. Get out of here with that mess. No, truth alone does not make you free. John 8.32 says, and you shall know the truth, and then the truth shall make you free. So what makes us free? Knowing the truth is what makes us free. Adam knew his wife Eve, and she conceived. Adam was intimate with his wife, and she conceived sons, right? Amen. So when we're intimate with God, amen, those who are in Christ, they are new creations. Amen. Come on. So we need to be spending that intimate time with our father. Amen. With our father. Are you in Isaiah 61? Is it up? Praise the Lord. Don't worry about it. I'm there. I'm not going to hold you guys long. There's a beatitude that my pastor taught me. He said, blessed are the short-winded, for they shall be welcomed back. Amen? So I'm not going to try to take too long. Amen. Isaiah 61. The spirit of the Lord, of, uh, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Because the Lord has anointed me to preach, what? Good tidings or what? Good news to the poor, not just those who don't have money. There are no rich people who are poor. Yeah, you're like, what? Really? Yes. Spiritually poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim the liberty to the captives. Y'all know anybody who's captive in prison? Mm. Not just behind physical bars, amen? And the opening of the prison to those who are bound to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God. How many of y'all know he will have his vengeance? He will have his vengeance one day. And then to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion. To give them beauty for ashes and the oil of joy for mourning. And the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Galatians chapter 2 verse 20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live. Somebody say it's no longer I. Ah, follow with me now. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives within me. And the life that I now live in this flesh, I live by faith 
in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Come on. Can we give God praise just for that alone? Amen. You have to make it personal. Amen. What's keeping us from some obstacles? What's keeping us from really doing great things for God? What's keeping this church from multiplying in three months or another year, doubling, tripling, going into five and six services, blowing the pastor's mind, blowing your mind. Amen. How many of y'all know this church doesn't belong to you? What's keeping us from doing Great things in God. He says, the works that I do, you will do also. But even what? Greater works will you do. What's keeping us from doing greater works for God? You're already anointed. You're already born again. You've been filled with the spirit of God. The spirit of God dwells on the inside of you. He comes to do three things. To convict us of sin, judgment, and righteousness. Amen. He's come to do these different things for us. He is the comforter. He is Holy Spirit. He's also dynamite. Amen. How many of y'all know you have dynamite on the inside of you? Well, how come we don't act like it? We're not excited. Me and my brother did some really dumb things growing up, right? My father, he he was outside talking to a friend. And we had, (laughs) we were lighting quarter six of dynamite. Lighting them on the back porch and throwing them. Boom! I mean, they were exploding. One almost got me in the hand. My father run up there and he says, I don't remember what he said. I just remember me and my brother sliding down the hallway. Amen? He just threw us down the hallway and said, boy, what are you doing? You gonna, your mother going to kill me. <laughs> but that's dynamite on the inside of us. So we're going to talk about some obstacles that are keeping us from really advancing in the kingdom of God. Amen. Are you ready? You got your pen? You got your pencils? You got your recording on? Praise the Lord. Here we go. Revelation chapter 7. Revelation chapter 12, 7 through 9 and 12. Are you there? Who's there? Hold on. And a war broke out in heaven. Michael and his archangels and his angels fought with the dragon. And the dragon and his angels fought. But they did not prevail. Somebody say they didn't prevail. Uh Uh-huh. Nor was there a place found for them in heaven any longer. Anybody here been in the military before? Raise your hand. One, two, three. Out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. In the military, they have something called the UCMJ, and it's called the Uniform Code of Military Justice. When you do something that dishonors the military, right, and then all of a sudden, when you have to go to trial under the UCMJ, guess what? They end up, depending on the charge, kicking you out of the military, 
and dishonorably discharging you. Well, this is exactly what happened to Lucifer. God created him. And then he thought that he was greater than God. Oh, I can ascend above the heavens. Amen. Come on. I'm getting ahead of myself. And then verse nine, verse nine, it says, so the great dragon was cast out that serpent, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan who deceives who, who just you No, the whole world. He was cast to the earth. Come on. Where we live. And his angels was cast out with him. That was about a third of them. Influence. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven. Now salvation and strength. And the kingdom of our God. And the power of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren, who accused them before our God day and night, has been cast down. And they overcame him by what? The blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to the death. This is the part for all of us. Amen. This is the part. Therefore, somebody say Therefore. Anytime you see therefore, always go back and read the previous. Amen. So therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. Whoa. Oh, he's talking about the heavens. Now he's talking about those who live on this earth. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea. For the devil has come down to you having great anger. Because he knows that he has a short time. Good God Almighty. See, Jesus had come off of a boat with his disciples. And after he came off of a boat, if you remember the story, when they were in uh, Galilee, uh, they were in the Sea of Galilee, and he, he was sleeping in the boat, right? And he caused this storm to rise up. And y'all know that Satan is the prince of the power of the air. Amen. And so now this storm rises up. Jesus is asleep in the boat and they trying, they freaking out talking about something. Well, why is it that you don't care? Amen. So they, Jesus calmed the wind and the waves and the storm, right? He comes out of the boat. They come up to this place where this man was jumping in and out of tombs. I remember who remember the story. Amen. So he's jumping in and out of tombs. Ha ha. Right. Come on, let me show you the power of God. Let me show you the power of God who lives inside of you. Amen. And all of us. So Jesus is getting out of this boat. His disciples are following him. Why? Because they're disciples. Amen. Discipline soldiers who are learners under discipline. Amen. Come on, family. So now they're getting out of the boat and they're following Jesus and they're watching him. And he's coming up to this man who has how many, how many legions of demons, pastor? And like six or seven legions of demons on the inside of this man. And they spoke out. And this is what the demons said to Jesus. Now, son of David, have you come to destroy us before our time? What did I read in Revelation? They know that they have a short time. Those demons who were in that man knew that they have a short time. 
So if the demons know that they have a short time, why is it the church think that we have all the time in the world to do what it is that God has called us to do? Amen. He said to go into all the world, didn't he? And he said, make disciples. And then he says, baptize them. We think we got all the time in the world, but the devil knows that his time is short. And we're comfortable on this earth. How many of y'all know this world is not, this earth is not our own? This is not our home. We don't have a lot of time. We ain't got a lot of time. Hear ye, hear ye, church, we ain't got a lot of time. We just don't. I'm a retired master state trooper, by the way, in the state of Maryland. I retired, moved to North Carolina because they didn't tax my retirement there. That's, that's the best move ever, right? I want my money, all of it. Amen. I was investigating a death every week. I had to see a counselor that the state provided for us. Seeing death after death after death, it wears down on you. Then to see my partner's death. Driving too fast. Went under a vehicle. Broke his neck backwards. And I just got finished talking to him. My only thought was, we were at Allentown Road, across from Andrews Air Force Base, in Prince George's County, Maryland. The only thing I was, kept saying to myself, did I share the good news with him? Did I talk to him? Did I plant seed in him? Did I say anything to him? Right? Did, did I say anything to him that would help him to make it in? I wasn't even sure if he was saved or not. But it bothered me. It really did. We don't have a lot of time. We really don't have a lot of time on this earth. It's very short. Very, very short. You may not ever see me again. But I'm ready. I'm not even talking about you guys. I'm talking about me. It's not promise that I'll make it home. No, y'all be praying for me. Father, I pray that he'd make it home in Jesus' name. It may not be God's will. You could be praying all you want to. Amen. We have to get ready. Look at Isaiah 14, 1 through, what did I say? Isaiah 14, 12 through 17. These are some of the things that can prevent us, right? We're talking about the devil himself, because the devil doesn't do everything, amen? We need to stop blaming the devil. Stop blaming the devil on things that we have a desire to do ourselves, amen? I'm going to show it to you. God gave me a revelation. I'm going to show it to you. There are things that the devil will do, and there are things that we just have a desire to do anyway. Isaiah 14. 12 through 17. Are you there? <laughs> I'm not. This is Lucifer. 
a testimony about his fall. And his fall came from pride. And how many of you guys know that pride comes before the fall? How many of you know we need to check ourselves before we fall? How many of you know God gives us an opportunity to check ourselves before we wreck ourselves, right? So we have to check ourselves. Well, Lucifer didn't do that because he thought that he was above everybody. He thought he was above God. God, I'm better than you. Huh? Any of y'all kids like that? Say no. Say no. We call those things which are not as though they are, right? Say no, not my kid. No, Lord. Are you like that? Say no. Oh, Lucifer, how have you fallen from heaven? Oh, Lucifer, son of the morning. That was his other name. How you are cut down to the ground. You who weaken the nations. For you have said in your heart. I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt. Look at the eyes. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. How many of y'all know God is above the stars? Shows you how ignorant he is, right? I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farther side of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Yet you shall be brought down to Sheol, hell, to the lowest depths of the pit. Those who you see, those who see you will gaze at you and consider you saying, is this the man who made the earth tremble? Who shook kingdoms? Who made the world as a wilderness and destroyed its cities? Who did not open the house of his prisoners? Look at what Lucifer did. And look at what's happening in our cities. There's something happening everywhere. It's not just COVID. You think it's just COVID? Do you know the domestic violence rate has risen during COVID? Even before COVID? People weren't used to being home with each other like that. Come on. People were not used to being home with their spouse every day, 24-7, seven days a week. Y'all can look straight ahead. I'm not talking about anybody here. It happens. You're not used to seeing your kids all day. Come on, moms, you got to break it. You know, at some point, look, she's chuckling away, boy. She's getting it. <laughs> Who's used to doing that? We have our fleshly desires. Turn to Galatians 5.16. Come on with me, family. I know y'all hurry. Want me to hurry up and get there? Show me. I will. Galatians chapter 5. What did I say? Yes. 
I say then walk in the spirit and that you may not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh does what? Lust against the spirit and the what? The spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now, the works of the flesh, how many of y'all know what the works are? You ready? Ooh. For the works of the flesh are evident. Which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath. Does that fit anybody in here? Selfish ambition, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who do what? It's all about the practice, family. It's all about the practice. Sometimes you can practice something for a very long time and be really good at it. Pastor, I was going to clubs since I was age of 14. Had a fake ID. Right? You know, back then you can do that today. You go to jail for it. Probably do it five years or something. I don't know. But 14. Hanging with my cousin. Who's probably watching right now. <laughs> okay? He influenced me. Okay? My dad wasn't in my life. My whole life. Amen. My dad and I were, were great today. He taught me about business. And so we had a, a strange relationship. But 14 years old, got a fake ID. And pastor, I believed that I was 18. Knowing that I was 14. Because I told myself that for so long, I believed a lie. How many of you know you can say something for a long period of time and you'll believe it? We can't allow our fleshly desires to get in the way that keeps us from moving in the direction that God wants us to go in. Amen. God wants us to do some great things in his kingdom. Amen. How many of y'all seen the movie uh, 1922? It's a weird movie. Raise your hand if you see it because this is embarrassing. If I'm the only one that's seen this movie, just raise your hand if you didn't even see it. Amen. God. Anyway. It's a movie about from Stephen King. <laughs> Stephen King, and I saw it on Netflix. During COVID, you know, and everybody in the house, Netflix and everything, right? I said, let me check this movie out. And I can't watch anything without getting some type of biblical message from it. I don't know what God is doing. I, I just can't watch anything without getting a message from God's word from it. So I was looking at that and I said, wow, how appropriate this would be this morning. It's a quote from Stephen King. It was about a man and a wife who lived in Nebraska. The wife was sick and tired of the farmland. She was sick and tired of living in a farm. She said, I don't want to live this way anymore. She inherited about 100 acres. The husband, I think he already had 80 or 90 acres. And they kept farming. So they, they, they got tired of getting behind and doing this and doing that. So he decided, hey, she decided, hey, I want to, I want to leave here and move. 
I want out of here. And she, and then she started to influence the son. So as a result, the father saw what she was trying to do and the father intervened and the father started talking to the son and got the son, uh, to help murder his wife. We're talking about the lust of the flesh. And in that movie, 1922, it was a quote that he said out of his mouth. And this is what he said. I believe there's another man inside of every man. How many of y'all believe that? I just read it. I just read the works of the flesh. He says, I believe inside of every man, there is another man and it ain't God. And we cannot blame any of those things on the devil. Amen. These are desires that we choose to go into. Amen. We can't blame anything on God. But how many of y'all know we need to walk in the spirit more? If we walk in the spirit, then we'll, we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. The men in the church have to wake up. The men have fallen asleep in the body of Christ. Matthew 13, 24 and 25. You're like, oh, I'm not going to beat up on y'all. You think you would only want to sleep? No, I was asleep too. I'm not awake to everything. There's some things that we won't even be awake to until Christ comes back. Amen. He says some things that we see dimly right now, but when we see him, then we'll see clearly. Are you there in Matthew 13? Matthew 13. 24 and 25. We're talking about the men what? The men need to wake up. 24 and 25. Here's another parable he put forth to them saying, the kingdom of heaven is like what? A man who sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, while men slept, the enemy came in and did what? He sowed tares among the wheat and he went his way. You see, during COVID, before COVID, I'm telling you, I kept a whole lot of stats for a very long time. I'm telling you that the enemy came in and sowed tares among marriages. And he went his way. You know, he goes to and fro on the earth, right? And Pastor and I, we were talking about this last night, not giving place to the enemy. How many of y'all know God doesn't want to give the enemy a place for him to wiggle in? Amen. He doesn't want us to do that. God doesn't want us to do that. But the enemy has come in and sowed tares. Amongst marriages, include mine. The enemy has came in and sowed tears of fear amongst God's people. And the Bible is very clear for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but what has he given us? He has given us power. Come on, family. He has given us love and he has given us a sound mind. He says a spirit because there are other spirits out there. 
we've got to walk in authority, family. We've got to be bold. Pastor was talking. We've got to be bold. I have no fear of anything. I still skydive. I still wing jump. I'm a wing jump over Dubai. I promise you, I have a video so that you guys can see it first. And I promise that cool. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Bungee jumping off of stuff, thinking that you're almost going to die, right? High roller coasters being in the front row. Who like front row? One, two, three. My God. Read that scripture again. I took my sons, I took my son up on a diamond slope. I ski, you know what I'm saying? It's crazy. You're like, what? I took him up on a diamond slope and we were coming down the hill and I saw him. So he went up with me. I said, you ready, son? He went through his first class, went up to the top of the slope. And I said, uh, he said, where are we going down? I said, we're going up. We're going to ski down the hill. I didn't tell him how steep it was. Right. And I definitely wasn't going to tell his mother at the time how steep it was either because she definitely wasn't going to go and wasn't going to take that right so now we get off the slope we get off the carrier that takes us up and all of a sudden the hill does this it's almost like <laughs> we got a roofer over here it was like a 12 12 pitch man <laughs> which means that like that right and so we get off and we're like this And he's like, oh, my God, why'd you bring me up here? And I said, start wedging right now. Start wedging. Wedging is like, you know, you know, your feet have to be in like this. And it slows you down. But the, the steepness of this hill, it didn't slow him down. I said, oh, God, he's freaking out. He said, why'd you do this? I said, his mother going to kill me. I said, listen, we're going to get off right here, and then we're going to go down the hill. So we get to the bottom of the hill. When we get to the bottom of the hill on a slower slope and we stand there and look, he's looking up. He said, Dad, how come you didn't tell me that? And I said, look at that little girl coming down the hill by herself. That's embarrassing, son. He said, I don't care. <laughs> and that's my son who's in the Air Force who chose the uh, MOS of refueling planes at 40,000 feet up in the air. And then he sends me a video of him skiing down a mountain <laughs> and then jumping out of a plane. Huh? The apple don't fall too far from the tree, huh? But the enemy family, we have to be on guard because he's still sowing tears of suicide in our soldiers, in our police, in our teens, in our families. People are quitting. People are quitting. I'm talking to people in here. Don't be so hard on police officers. Amen. I'm talking about the ones who are doing good. And we don't know all of them who are doing good. Right. Right. We hear about the ones who are not. And listen, a lot of chiefs want to get rid of them, but they can't because a lot of the fraternal order of police, uh, uh, fraternal order of police are the ones who actually defend them. And help them to get their jobs back. But the chief's hands are tied a lot of times to keep from doing that. So, man, we know who they are. We know who they are. 
But let's not attack all of them. Amen. Let's not attack. Why? Because it's God's authority in Romans 13. God created that authority because if that was the case, guess what, family? Then I can pick out every profession in here and I will tell you that every last one of them I've arrested, including pastors. I used to work undercover drugs, doing interdiction on a highway, pulling kilos of cocaine off the highway out of Bibles from those who called themselves pastors. I've arrested other police officers. Drunk driving, hit, killed somebody. Teachers, doctors. I even arrested a judge. I let him go, but I arrested him. Right? (laughs) It doesn't make a difference. I've been arrested. I got arrested before I got here, Pastor. Arrest means to stop you from going where you want to go. So a state trooper pulled me over and I said, man, I'm not going to blow by this guy. I'm not going to blow by the state trooper. I wouldn't want somebody to blow, by my, blow my doors off, right? If you went by me slow, I wouldn't even bother you. But I went by, I, I sat behind the trooper and I noticed the other vehicles were going around him. I said, well, let me go ahead and go around him. I went around and went and then he pulled me over and I said, hey, this not a good look here. So I put my hands on the steering wheel, 10 and 2 o'clock, what's up? <laughs> so check this out. The guy came up to the window. You know what I told him. Hey, listen, man, I'm a retired trooper. I opened my mouth real quick. Okay? And I said, I apologize. I'm not sure what happened, but I pulled behind you guys. I didn't want to blow your doors off. And I saw the people going around. And I said, well, let me go around. He said, oh, okay. He says, where are you going? I said, I'm, I'm, I'm going to El Dorado. And preach the gospel. He said, really? So, yeah. He said, what you preaching on? And I said, the spirit of God. And he said, okay. He said, I'll be right back. I said, where you going? You gonna give me a ticket? He said, no, 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 no. I'll be right back. It's a warning. It's a warning. I talked to him that way. Man. So he comes back. Little short bald head guy. Looking real tough, too. He went from. Looking on the side of my window like this to now hanging in my door like this. Amen. Come on, family. Watch this. And I said, hey, trooper. I said, give me your hands and open your eyes. I grabbed his hand tightly. I said, don't close your eyes, troop. The Bible says watch as well as pray. I need you to watch traffic, right, while I pray for you. And I prayed for him before I left. And I prayed for those around him before I left. Amen. And he said, and this is all he said. He said, thank you. He said, thank you. Come on, family. We need to give God praise. Come on. Listen. If the pastors that I arrested, I can say, well, well, the pastor over here could be bad too. And you're going to defend him. No, no, not him. It's not all police officers. It's just that small number is making the whole look bad. We need to stay awake. We need to stay awake. Not just men, gender, but mankind. He's talking about male as well as females in the body of Christ. We need to stay awake. Amen. 
We need to stay awake. Isaiah 60 says, arise and shine for the light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon us. Amen. The glory of the Lord has risen upon us. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and the deep darkness, the people. But the Lord will arise over you and his glory will be seen upon you. And when the glory is seen upon you, that is the light of God. That's the spirit of God on the inside of all of us. So now the Gentiles shall come to your light. Amen. Come on, somebody. That is you taking a gospel of peace wherever you go. You don't even have to say a word. They want to know about your God. Did you hear what he said? When we arise and the glory of the Lord shall be risen upon you. I need a big guy up in here. I need, I need somebody bold. I need somebody bold. Come on, family. I need somebody to come on up here. I love using people. Amen. I won't be using no female in here. This thing is being recorded. Amen. Oh, Jesus. Father. Father. God. Jesus. My man. Amen. <laughs> he said, hey, Pastor, how are you? What you need me to do? Right? Come on, man. Watch this. You know, back on the street, when it's somebody all up on you, right? You say, I know you ain't there no more, and I ain't trying to take you there no more, right? I don't want to take you back into your old days, right? We just want to do a little prop for the people, amen? So, come on. the <laughs> Praise the Lord. Isaiah 61, turn there. Somebody read it. What does it say? The very first verse. Huh? The Spirit of the Lord is what? Come on. The Spirit of the Lord is up on you. Do y'all even believe that? The spirit of the Lord is up on you. God anointed me to do everything that I did. He said it's upon you. That means I need to walk with boldness and confidence in him, right? Right? And so he said, when he said he's up on you, this is what he's talking about. He's like, man, he's up on you. Right? Come on, Pastor. Come on, get in here. I need that ref, man. Oh, okay. I'm asking your wife. Your wife will be like, what's up? <laughs> the spirit of the Lord, watch this family, is up on you, right? He like this, he's up on you. Come on, family. The spirit of the Lord, this man pushing me, he's strong too. He is strong, man. Come on, give the pastor the praise, man. Let's give God praise. The spirit of the Lord is upon you. He ain't just upon you, just to be upon you. He's upon you. Because he's anointed you to do some things. With boldness. Man, every time I walked up to a vehicle. I had a lot of things happen to me. Vehicle tore up, flipped vehicles over, all types of crazy stuff. And, um. 
I, I walked up on s- several vehicles that, you know, where they wanted to kill me. Okay, there, there are people out here, whether you believe it or not. All right, you ready for this? They white, they black, Hispanic. It doesn't make a difference. African, if you have that mindset, that fleshly mindset, and you ain't got the spirit of God in you, let me tell you something. You're going to allow the enemy to use you and do whatever you want. But I'm telling you, I remember just like yesterday. I will stop this vehicle, and I'm here on the side of the vehicle like this. The window's here, right? We call this the fatal funnel. This is where most of our troopers have gotten killed, right here. And that window with a driver sitting right here, right? So I'm here like this, talking to the person with respect, right? And so I'm here. And so a vehicle came along, and this is all I remember. This is all I remember is me being jacked up on the side of the car. Right now, I thought I was a ballerina for a minute. You understand? I mean, I was literally jacked up on my toes and didn't know, didn't even know how it happened. Why? Because God was with me. He has given his angels charge over me to keep me in all of my ways. Had to fight people who didn't want to surrender. Tried to hurt me. I don't know what's going on, family. But God is trying to do the same thing to his body. He wants to arrest you. He wants to stop us from going in the air of our ways. He's not here to harm you. But he wants to do something great in you. He wants to do amazing things in you. God has a plan for each and every person in here. And he's going to perform it. And ain't nothing you can do about it. He's going to bless you. Some of you are going to be wealthy beyond your imagination. Some of you are going to be elevated in here as a pastor. Some of you are going to be elevated in the workplace. But you're going to be there representing God in the workplace. Some of you are going to go to Washington, D.C. and be a politician. But you're going to be there representing God and a politician. God is doing a new thing, family. And he wants us to be ready. But we've got to crucify our flesh. We've got to crucify our flesh. For I have been crucified with him. It's no longer I who live. Somebody say, I must die. Not physically, right? You guys are smart. I must doubt of myself. There's some things that I really wanted to say to people. I had to bite my tongue. And I just said, Holy Spirit, thank you. That you kept me from saying the things that I really wanted to say. 
God, come on, all of us in here have some form of flesh on us and desires. We've been raised by different people. Come on, God wants us, he wants us to down, he wants to download some new things in our minds, in our hearts. Amen. How many of y'all ready for the new download? Amen. He wants to do a new thing. Come on, we've got to be downloaded before we can download anything in anybody else. Amen. Come on, y'all with the little babies. My God, I remember that. My daughter's 32 years old. My son is 23. And my youngest was born on my birthday. He's 19, 6'5", 190. He'd be all up on me like the Spirit of God. Tell me some, Dad, you sure? You sure? We were in Walmart the other day. Tell me some, Dad, you struggling? You try? You can't even get that off the shelf. I said, don't worry about it. I said, you know, I got hops. I said, you know, my hops are higher than yours, don't you? Yeah. For God made Christ who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might be called the righteousness of God in him. He exchanged his life for our life. The great exchange. I love him for that. Do you love him for that? Oh, man, he the great exchange. He exchanged his life for your life. A life for a life. He did it for me. Years ago, I was just reading this, man. Now it's more personal for me because I know everything that he has done for me. I know it. And if he did it for me, guess what he's going to do? He's going to do it for you. He's going to do it for your son. That little boy right there, he's going to do it for him. He's going to do it for him. Don't worry about the mistakes. He's going to do it for him. Powerful. He's going to do it for you. He's going to do it for you. He's going to do it for you, Malachi. He's going to do it for you, brother. Heard your testimony. He's going to do it for you. All we're up in the back, he's going to do it for you. God's got a plan and a purpose for you. He's going to do it. 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 For every person, he's going to do it for you. God's going to restore relationships for you. He's going to restore your relationships. Don't try to force anything. Just wait on him. Amen. Wait on God. Wait on him. Wait on him. Wait on him. That's why I've been waiting. I've been waiting. I've been waiting. Amen. I've been waiting on God. It's a hard thing to do. And that is to wait. I know I'm the only one in here on that. Just wait on him. Whatever it is. The business that you want to start. Amen. Wait on him. Wait for an answer. Amen. Isn't that awesome? Just wait for him. He loves us. He loves us. I want you guys to continue to pray for me. We're going to start shooting another film on second time around. You know who the producer is? Karen. I read the script. Man, I start crying. I said, I called her back. I said, Karen, this is describing my life. Do you understand what you just did, Karen? She said, baby, I don't see somebody. Baby, I didn't even know. And I said, now you know, Karen, this is my life. Describe my life. I want you all to pray for my ex-pastor. Okay? Pray for my ex she's really struggling with drugs. Really struggling. I remember I made a vow to her father that I would 
I would always be with her. Right? It just didn't work out that way. It didn't work out. There were a lot of crazy things happening. It was unbelievable. I wish I had talked to you back then or during that time. Your pastor has a lot of wisdom. He gets it from God. Amen? But it's never too late. It's really, really tough when you're raising a child that really doesn't belong to you and you didn't even know it. Right? But she's my daughter. She's my daughter and will forever be my daughter. Amen? Forever be my daughter. Pray for my daughter. I will be praying for all of you. Because God is going to do some amazing things in this place. Because your pastor, man, he's been bragging on you guys. He's been talking great things about you guys. The vision. Please catch the vision. Catch that vision. Oh, my God. You downloaded so much in me, Pastor. I was like, "Woo! I don't know if I can keep up with this brother. Just pray for us. Pray for each other. Amen. Sometimes you don't even need, you don't even need to know what they, what the issue is or what they're praying about. Just pray for them. Amen. Come on. The church, we love being nosy, don't we? It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. But God loves you. Every person in here. I want you to stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Everybody in here and been born again, right? Raise your hand. Everybody in here. You have a relationship with the Lord, Savior, Jesus Christ. I love that. I love it. I love it. I love it. So I'm going to leave you with this passage. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Be steadfast. In the faith. Unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Somebody say the work of the Lord, right? Not in somebody else's work, right? Somebody say, stay in your lane. Be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain watch this in the Lord did I get it right? in the Lord stay faithful stay faithful stay connected stay in Christ you can't run from him anyway he said where can you go from his presence? you can't go nowhere He got you for life. And he said, no one is able to snatch you out of his hands. Stay faithful. Stay connected. Y'all stay together. You're different from each other. Start having lunch with each other. Start eating with one another. Start loving on one another. Start communicating with one another. Exchange numbers with one another. Come on, family. Start coming together. This is the body of Christ. It's the church. Amen. God's got plans for you. I'm telling you, he's got plans for you. And I'm here to tell you, Karen told me to tell you guys, pastor, that he loved you and your wife. 
that she loves you and your wife, and that she's going to be offering classes between both campuses, acting classes. Amen? Amen? Come on. I know y'all got it in you. I know you got it in you. Your little children. She said, Thomas, as I was driving, she said, Thomas, I want to be able to sow into that ministry. And I want to offer these classes to victory. Amen? I told you she was down to earth, Pastor. She is who she She's in character. On stage and in off stage, she's in character. She's still in character. She never leaves character. She is who she is. Amen? And so... I'm believing that God's going to do some amazing things. I'm telling you, we're going to pour. We're going to pour and pour into this ministry. Why? Because God loves you. And we love you and your pastor loves you. Amen? God bless you, family. I love you. Continue to pray for us. We're going to continue to pray for you guys. And um, God bless.